If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on 9 to Noon to help you navigate family life. And today we welcome Joseph Dreesen, our parenting commentator. Our subject today is fostering independence and social responsibility in children. Joseph, welcome. Hey, welcome, Catherine. Nice to be here. How are you defining each and what needs to happen in childhood? Um, well, um, children are, are, are innately as little human beings. They are innately... Uh, programmed to be part of a tribe, of a family, of a group. And they want to actually contribute and feel valued and, uh, and make a contribution. And, um, and when they do that, they become really successful adults. They become socially responsible. That is, they respond to social needs of others. And they become independent. They autonomously figure out their tasks and meet deadlines and do them. And so those those successful adults do really well in their families as parents, uh, at work, as as, uh, as, uh, as as colleagues, and in the community. They make lots of contributions. And if you look at the history of those adults, they usually come from families or they've had mentors who, who showed them how to do that. So some families are really skilled at fostering independence and making the child um, becoming autonomous and in accepting responsibilities and becoming socially uh, very responsible and caring. And other families are just a little bit more less fair and they think it's all going to happen by themselves and the parents don't provide a lot of leadership. And some of the children then stay quite passive, uh, resistant, childish, and, and then everybody moans. So uh, there's a much better way. And so I thought I'll talk about that. Do you want to talk us through what the recommendations are? Yeah, well, I think if I just assume that, say, people are listening and say, well, you know, we're not very good at this, or you're probably better than than, than, um, than you think. But uh, often the key to step, what you is, what is the key thing is you're trying to create a team. So in some ways, if you are an employee or a manager or a supervisor and you're good at that, then you should apply those skills to your family. So I would tie it to actually, first of all, to... Uh, family events which are happy uh, and which don't take a lot of uh, stress and and decision making, and and say and come together and say so. I'll use an example. An example is easier. Say let's go to the beach this weekend. So let's have a meeting for a minute. You know, three kids. You got one kid of four, one of eight, and one of fourteen, and two pa- two parents. And say, well, first of all, let's. Are we, we're going to the beach. Shall we go to the beach? Yeah, let's go to the beach. And then suddenly you open up a discussion. So when would you like to go? That is, as soon as you give members of your family a chance to actually offer their opinions and their wishes, you get ownership. And so as soon as you say, when would you like to go and we have a discussion and trash it around and then we decide finally it's going to be Sunday morning uh, and everybody feels, well, oh, that we were part of it. There's immediate ownership. And then what I would suggest is that you say, well, there's a big list here. You've done some prep of what has to be done. You know, cars got to be packed, picnic basket got to be done, towels got to be done, uh, beach towels, togs, you 
And and then you say, well, shall we volunteer to go around? Who would like to do what? Who would like to be in charge of a job? Rather than bum saying, go and get the towels, now put this in the biscuit basket, and dad saying, put this in the car and do this. Who would be in charge? Who would like to be in charge of getting all the towels and rolling them up and putting them in a basket and putting them in a car? Who would like to be in charge, maybe for a young child, helping mum with a picnic? Who would like to be in charge of, of packing the car? And so the children look at the parents and say, well, can we volunteer for that? Yeah, sure, you know. So let's pretend that your 14-year-old volunteers, I'd like to pack the car. Okay, says that. Well, you do that. That's your job. I'll give you a hand. So you have the, – the, there's a whole different dynamics now. It's the team who actually sits down and looks at the tasks to be done. There's an immediate awareness what has to be done for this to work by everybody to depending on their maturity and age. But everybody is aware, hey, we're all going to do this together. And that makes everyone feel good, especially if they feel that they are in charge of a job. And uh, that is so – like we, when we get promotion and we become head of a department, well, that's our department. You know, We start patrolling their territory and we feel responsible for it. As soon as we get an office with a badge, with, with a name tag, we become responsible for it. You know, As soon as it become, as soon as soon a person becomes prime minister, they take ownership of their job. So – Ownership is the key. Collaboration, talking, sharing, and ownership is the key. So all the children race around and do their thing, and, 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 and the parents then become coaches and mentors rather than doers. That is the key shift, the transition. Like It might be very frustrating for the father to realize that the 14-year-old hasn't got a clue how to pack the car, so he coaches that child but tries not to do it for them. And and then say, well, do you think you can do it the car? And then eventually, you know, <laughs> the chili bin doesn't fit. And then uh, the father wants to take over. Yeah, sure. But the ideal is not to, to say, well, what are your options, you know? Can you solve this yourself? This is your job, not my job. You're packing the car and uh, I can give you a hand. But uh, that is the child becomes aware that the parent actually gives them the ownership and gives them uh, the tools to actually reflect how could I fix it. And so the child is unpacking this car and doing a thing, and then finally they manage to get it all together, and it isn't perfect. It isn't as good as the father would have done it. And the key here is to stop being a micromanager, to stop being a perfectionist, to stop criticizing, to stop, I'll do it. You know, I can do this much better. As long as the chili bin is not upside down, you know what I mean? As long as it's sort of workable for a first time, it's a good job. And then you say, that's really well done. You know, that's, you've done it well. Lock the boat. You've done it. That is, the child is coached. They are allowed to not get it perfect the first time, uh, and they're valued. And that gives ownership. That gives autonomy. And so this happy event then uh, has set the foundation for communication, collaboration, a culture of support, and, and the parents stepping back, supervising, rather than doing. So this is the, so first, the, first, this is the first thing. You, you, you choose one straightforward, thing. not too complicated event uh, to sort of run through it the first time or to, or, or to practice it the first time, right? Yeah, you practice it. 
and you do that a few times because like like creating a culture in a family is you know there's an old saying an old chinese saying uh, that you you know you you run a small empire like you cook a small fish very slowly uh, there's a, a lot of wisdom in there that is slow a slow development of a culture a way of doing it in a family is often the best so the children just get used to it but after a while then you you say, well, I just would like to have a happy family meeting. I, I bought a special cake and I uh, just want to celebrate a family and everybody's quite happy. And then you say, well, shall we actually do the beach thing on a bigger scale? And and shall we actually go around and, and say, well, what has to be done here for this team? We're a team uh, to actually uh, work together as a team and, and, and get all the jobs done. And and most people will say, well, what jobs do you mean? And you, and you would just roll them out. You know, we've got to do washing, we've got to do dishes, we've got to feed the dogs. You know, there's a whole lot of things to be done. And um, and we've got to mow the lawns and, uh, and I thought we could share them. And there might be a bit of silence, but so, well, shall we volunteer? Shall we play Monopoly with jobs? Who would like to? Um... And then the key thing is to get a task which matches the child's interest. So often the best thing is to play Monopoly and ask them to choose. So who would like to, and for example, uh, I'm giving maybe corny examples, um, but they're often more useful. So you might say, well, who would, be, who would like to do the dishmaster? And say your eight-year-old volunteers to do that. So I said, which, is there which, well, let's, let's make you in charge of the dishmaster. That is loading them up and unloading it, and nobody else will do it. Nobody else would do your job. It's your job. It's your territory, your responsibility. And uh, and so all the jobs are divided. I'm just focusing on one little one. As soon as you've done that, and then you sit down with your individual child, so I'll, I'll go through the dishmaster and I'll show you how to do it. You know, I'll coach you. And I have made a little checklist. Now, this checklist, some parents might think this is ridiculous, but I'm proposing you the checklist is, in fact, a very, very important management tool for um, uh, for for children. Children love checklists because it helps them to organize their thinking and it reminds them of what has to be done. Remember, they're only children. And for you, loading up the dishmaster, you've done it for 40 years, it's easy. But for them, actually, it's a complex task and they will forget and get it wrong and a whole lot of things. So you showed them what to do together as a team, emphasizing this is your job from now on. You're the owners of the dishmaster. We're not going to touch this damn thing. You're doing it. And uh, showed them how to do it. And then you have a little checklist and they say, here, tick it. You've done this, you've done that. You put the soap in, you put etc. And they tick it. And you can see them cognitating, thinking. You've scaffolded the job by having a checklist. And then you say, well, you can do that. So we'll do it. So we switch on. Then in the evening, we'll do it together again. You coach. Coach rather than correct. Until they do it the way it has to be done. That is, they realize it has to be done properly. If you don't do that, you're going to get annoyed and you're going to do it yourself. And that's fatal. So you coach them the right way to do it, using a checklist. And then you say, do you think you can do it yourself? And you hand them a photocopy checklist. That is, there's a checklist for each event for a while. And then they do it all by themselves. And then they turn it on and the dishwasher is going and they say, hey, come and see me and come and talk to me and show me a checklist. Wow, you've ticked all the boxes and you've done all of them, even the soap, which we forgot last time. Yeah, that's really great. And then you ask them, so how do you feel about this? Is this going well? Yeah, it's gone really well. Great. Do you reckon you can do this by yourself? Yes, I can. Here's your checklist. I want you to tick them and come and see me at the end of each day for a while until you really know what you're doing. 
So I'll stop here. In a sense, the checklist is in fact a scaffolding process and a management tool for children gaining confidence what to do and not being criticized for doing it poorly uh, and, and actually learning how to do it. And it's a, it's a wonderful method because sometimes you can you can see that it isn't done quite well and you say, did you tick them all? Or is there anything you want to do better? And often the children will volunteer, oh, I left it a bit late and I didn't do that. So once you've done that, you've got your child, your children running around doing their own thing. And then you must resist trying to do it for them. And you, the team must be coached. Don't step in each other's job descriptions. Don't do the dish master because you think you can do it better or you want to do it now. Don't do that. That is little Jamie's job. Let her do that or let him do that. As soon as the person feels, the child feels that I'm in charge of this, nobody else is going to do the dish master but me. They'll take ownership. They'll start thinking, oh, my God, there's a, there's a cup on, on, the, on, on the bench. I'm going to put it in. And, uh, and in the morning when they've got to go to school and they realize the dishmaster hasn't been done and everybody grumbles, but nobody is doing it, you know, <laughs> they've got to wash their own business because the, the breakfast dishes aren't done. That negative feedback from the team will make them realize I've got to look after this territory. So that's what I've been, but that's what I was uh, proposing to the parents. Your practice isn't an easy thing, and then then you give the jobs, and then you keep on motivating, guiding rather than doing it yourself. Remember that micromanagement, perfectionism, and criticism disempowers the child. And remember the old saying: the best leaders aren't noticed. They the team thinks they've done it themselves. So. So yeah, that's you? so. I've got two more steps. Yeah. Yep. No, carry on. So, th- so this is hopefully now running smoothly. And then what happens? You need to keep. Um, do you need to keep checking that there's not, there's not slippage, or yep. sometimes might you shift things up? How does that happen over time? Yeah. See, um, children are children, and employees are employees, and and that uh, the key management skill is to just nudge the team into function. And so your key management skill as a parent is to nudge your children to, to take their responsibility seriously. And you do that mainly by appreciation, mainly by saying, hey, that's a really good job, and mainly by little checklists, them coming to see you. That's a great job. Is there anything you want to do better? And after a while, you don't need to checklist anymore, but you do need to have the little meetings every so often. That is, if you think as a parent that your children are going to do this all by themselves without your regular leadership, your regular feedback, your regular sort of nudging them, then you mistake them. And then part of that is what you want to do. You want to celebrate. Once that team is functioning, you want to celebrate. You, know, you just you just buy some ice cream after after dinner and say, hey, or I bought a special cake with one candle because for one month we've been doing it as a team and it's going so well. I'm really happy. And everybody thinks, yeah, yeah. That is you want to celebrate teamwork rather than criticize them. That's the key. Once you've done that, then you can also weave into those little celebrations. Is there anything we can do better? Because things are constantly changing. Like some children are growing up, and some children have sports, so they can't do this. Uh, or, or you know, is there anything changes needed? And then that team meeting, that there's constant evolution of the team, constant adaptation to, uh, to your family, to what's changing. That prevents crises and conflict. And so a regular celebration is an excuse to just have a little bit of an evaluation um, and what we can do better. is It's a great, it's a great system. And some pe- people who are listening to me who are managers and team leaders say, hey, this is exactly what we do at work. And, and parents got to realize that's exactly what's happening at schools. 
um, schools are coaching children to collaborate, to work as teams, to to assign jobs, to race off in their assignments and do it collectively. So you're you're on you're on the same on the same wavelength. When do you? Uh, so are we still yep. are we still going through the the, the check and yeah, update? Yeah, no, that's good. There's only one more thing we need to talk. No, no, about. finish yep, it off. Yep. Finish it off, and then I've got some observations. Okay, cool. So it's not always going to work perfectly, and because you're going to get a mismatch of the child and the, and the job, or you're going to get resistance, or or a child is a little bit irresponsible, and you and you're going to think, well, I'm going to deal with that. And, and I propose that the best way to deal with this is just have a discussion with the child and say, let's have a talk on Saturday morning and, and ask them, so how do you feel about this job? Because the child will be unhappy and say, what's not working for you? Rather than criticizing, asking them, get to self-reflect. And, uh, and sometimes it pays you to have another child there to, to work as a team and say, oh, you know, I don't think she enjoys it. And then try and find a better match if the child says, I don't want to do any chores, you say, well, there's no, really no option about that, is that? Yeah, you know, we are a family. Sometimes you've got to be a firm boss and say, there's not an option not to do, not to be part of this family. You know, you get the benefits, so you've got to do something. Can we find something you enjoy and you're better at? And then you swap the jobs around. You know, uh, putting a square in, in a, a round peg in a square hole is not going to work. Um, but in fact, adjusting a job description is. So that's what I propose. You're coaching your children a lot about taking ownership, about feeling good to be part of a team, about discussion, about having uh, the freedom to speak their mind, about being managed with a nurturing, caring manner. You're setting them up for a very successful kind of approach to uh, teamwork, full stop. Some observations, and you touched on one of them, the, the recalcitrant child, yeah. but, but just a couple of immediate observations. Yeah, yeah sure. At, at, at what age do you introduce this, especially if you have siblings who are different ages, right? Is there a, an, Because I suppose siblings of different ages, you think that you get them on their own individual tasks, whereas you're talking here about the overall family team. So is there a point at which, say, with two or three kids, some of whom might be already helping out with some tasks... You you initiate the system. Yeah, uh, the younger the better. Um, like some families, um, uh, uh, the three year old helps set the table, and uh, and then after a while, the three year old becomes in charge of just putting the serviettes out because that's what they can do, and uh, and then the four or five year old, you know, uh, becomes in charge of uh, when the groceries are done of of taking them out of the bag. So, so you can start this very early, and some families do. In some families, the children are very, very cooperative, and 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 the family is very restructured, and and children get responsibilities from day one, and um, and so and as the children grow older, the teenagers like the whole teenage thing. It doesn't have to be a tragedy at all, because if it, if a child is socialised, they just become more mature, and you might say, well, would you like to be in charge of the cooking on Wednesdays? And, and the teenager says, yeah, I'll do that. That they should coach him to become a proper flatmate. So, no, you should start early and continue it and just adjust. And, of course, you've got to work with each individual culture of the family and you've got to work with each individual member of the family. Um, but uh, many parents actually, like I was reading an article about um, uh, to a couple who uh, coached their three daughters to do the whole school thing in the morning by themselves. That is, they packed their lunches, set their bags, everything that was done by them. And the parents just did nothing. They just they just nurtured and, and supported them. And the whole thing went by themselves. 
and uh, and the ownership was incredible. What about rosters then? The way you are describing this ownership and developing a particular skill set or responsibility is the way to go. So are you not such a fan of saying of having a roster system where things cycle round? You could do that. You could do that. You you, you should ask your team that. And uh, and and the the key thing of a roster, the great thing of a roster, is it is like rotating employees. And the great thing of a roster is that you ask your child to train the next child. Now that really validates them. Like I'm in charge of this master. I know how to do it. My mum taught me perfectly. And now we're going to swap with my sibling who's going to do it. I'm going to show them how to do it perfectly. And I'll do the checklist with them. That is so empowering. You know, to get your children to train the other children, just like it's so empowering to get your employees to train the next person. Do you it have gives them total ownership? Do you have a role for for pocket money in return for chores in this model, or are there some chores you just do because they're your job, or can you mix it up a bit? Uh, you could mix it up a bit, but I would I would advise parents against it. Um, I would advise parents against actually giving any reward uh, for any chores because the implicit contract is you belong to a family and you you take ownership of contributing to the family and the main currency is appreciation, belonging. That is, your parent appreciates what you do. Once you start putting in money, um, it's hard because what, what's the currency worth? And, and also extrinsic rewards like that um, often demotivates people in the long run, just like it does at work. Like at work, you know, salary is actually not, not the main motivator at all. Uh, appreciation and belonging are far more motivating than how much money you earn. What if you're trying to retrofit this? You were talking about the importance of getting it going early. You mentioned earlier that the recalcitrant teenager. There are some who may not only be a bit slovenly about getting on with chores, but may use it as a form of resistance. So if you're trying to retrofit this onto kids who are already in no habit or a bad habit or whom you're already having some issues with, how would you start? Um, I would do this very, uh, very slowly. I would start talking first about the concept of being a team and stating the positive and catching them while they got. And so if they do a little bit, you say, hey, thanks for helping me. It's great. We're all part of a team here and I need your help, etc." And so that's, you, you set the culture up first and you focus on those children who are doing it. And, and so after a while, the teenager who is not doing it starts becoming aware that there is a culture in this family of cooperation and they are, not, they are a little bit out of it. And, and, and you keep on doing that in a, sense, in a nice sense, catch them while they're good. And, and commend all the other children for doing it. And then once you've set that culture up, for, and it might take a few weeks or a few months, just take your time. Then you sit down with this child and say, I just would like to have a little meeting with you. And, uh, and, and you've got to remember that sometimes resistance of a teenager can be due to two things. One, you haven't loved me enough. You haven't given me enough attention. Or two, I'm becoming autonomous and you're trying to control me and this isn't going to work. So you don't want to do that. You just want to say, we're part of a family and I would like you to make a contribution because um, you get the benefits of the family. And so can we have a discussion about that? And and if they say, no, I don't want to do anything, then you say, well, I want you to rethink that because there's a whole lot of privileges you get, you know, a whole lot of things you get from us. And so are you just telling us that you will take everything and not give anything? And you just want to ask that question and let them think about that. So it's an ongoing number of conversations, very calmly done, and trying to prevail upon the person 
person and then you say well what about we make some changes here what about if you choose one or two things you could help with and if they absolutely refuse uh, then you're in a more difficult situation because then you've got to say well why is this you know and I would get some advice and uh, and some guidance because if you go into World War Three, uh, mightn't be the best thing. Uh, but most most children will respond to this approach, especially if you then say, well, if you don't want to do anything, then I think you need to take some some privileges away. And here's a list, you know, of the things we do for you. Would you mind crossing off a few of them so we can balance it up, or can we come to an arrangement more amicably? And so I would just persevere in talking persuading and putting a little bit of pressure on on that on that teenager there's one more joseph question i'm just a little bit tight for time i'm almost tempted to hold it over for another session i'll take your advice on yeah that. yeah no 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 well, i've opened up a new topic well this is it this is uh, a parent because we're talking about the kids here here's a parent saying how can i stop micromanaging my child and this is more about changing and challenging your own behavior do you think we could build on that another time yeah, we'll do. That will do because that's really important. Yeah. That's very important because some parents actually unconsciously take so much pride and pleasure in doing it all themselves. They are unwilling to forego that and they need to think about that. What is their main priority? It could be right across a whole lot of things including and that, yeah. that, Let's pick yeah, it up that, again. Let's do that. Thank Catherine, you. it was great. Thing. Thank you, Joseph Dreesen. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.